This week's episode is brought to you by the Film Rescue Show. The Film Rescue Show is a long-form podcast in which their crew and a guest fix a film every week. Want a good first episode? Check out episode 89 with Axel and myself, where he pitched fixes for the League of Extraordinary Drummond. Still waiting on that call, Warner Brothers. For fans of filmmaking, writing, and behind-the-scenes content, check out the Film Rescue Show on all your favorite podcasting sites today. Hello and welcome to Geeks with Shields, your home for all things good and nerdy in this, the darkest timeline. I'm Axel Wright, and with me as always is... Lord Commander Ulrich. How are you doing today, Ulrich? Pretty good. I showed my daughter uh, Fury Road for the first time. Ooh. She loved it, but the most hilarious part was the literal animal reaction to the war wagon with the drums and the guitar and everything. Because well, everyone loves the... Oh, he has a name. I forgot what Doof the name. Warrior. Doof Warrior. Yeah, Doof Warrior's great. She loved Doof Warrior, but she was in the drums. Like, she had an animalistic, feral child reaction to it. And she was watching it. Daddy, what's that? Oh, that's a Morton Joe's War Wagon. Oh, that's cool. Wait, what's that? Oh, that's the Doof Warrior. Why does he have a guitar? Well, because he's getting everyone hyped up. Cool. Oh, my God, it shoots fire? I mean, she's your daughter. That makes sense. Oh, so. she loved it. And then we get to the end. I'm like, okay, so... Who, what was your favorite part? The war wagon with the drums. Okay, okay, okay. Who was your favorite character? Furiosa. Why? Because she had a robot arm. Like, can't argue with the logic. Yep, that's impeccable logic. I'm on board with all that. Yeah, so. no, I figured, like, okay, she's going to enjoy the hell out of this. There's no dialogue. It's all action. It's bright colors. She's going to jive with it. And it was funny. When it was, you know, the booming action, she was in. When it was the lull, she kind of settled back in. When the drums started back up, Feral Child returned. Wish I could have seen this. This sounds like an experience. Oh, so- it's hilarious. No, she jumped on my back and declared, I'm going to ride you now. You're my car. <laughs> oh. Like I said, it was a night and day just calmed a Feral Child reaction when the drums started. Like, that's what they're supposed to do, but it's like I just fed you a pixie stick. All right. Excellent. I... I feel like there's a whole other conversation about that, but that's not what we're here to talk about. And before we get into what we actually have to talk about, I've got a sound off that I get to do. So, if you're listening to this, we have some patrons. They're awesome, and the very least we can do for them actually giving us money to do what we do is to say their names. They are Pam Galley, Marquis, Chris Chipman, River Galley, Krug, Arthur Crane, Kevin Vay, Brandon Agnew, John Vittles, Kit Kenny, Seth Decker, Donald Lucy, Patrick Anderson, Carson Amell, Scott Rubin, Derek Takate, and Peter Cook. Now, if you'd like to have your name added to that list, you can go on over to our Patreon, Patreon Geeks with Shields, dollar a month, 25 cents an episode, get your name on the list, goes a long way towards helping us. Anyway, what are we, I I was going to ask what we are here to talk about, but I guess it's my job as the MC to talk about what we're here to talk about, right? Sure. Okay. Well, from my understanding, we're here to talk about superhero power caps, what they are, whether they are worthwhile, what purposes do they serve, things like that. Yeah, and we're going to keep this centered to the comics rather than the movies because the MCU is a whole other conversation of power scaling. Well, I will say that power caps as a narrative device are not, you know, medium specific. And I think the things that they do work for are useful no matter what your medium is. This is true, but I'm just like the examples I'm going to use, I'm going to drop from the comics more than I am the movies. Because the movies haven't done anything that I just deem stupid yet. True. The from what I can tell, the the craziest feat we've seen in 
superhero movies. Well, Superman going back in time is probably pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, Thor taking the full force of the sun was probably the best Marvel feat we've seen so yeah, far. Yeah, that, that was one. They're definitely like, all right, you're skirting the line. All right, so anyway, you brought this topic up originally. What? Let's hear your let's hear your pitch. What do you got? What do you got for well, us? Well, the idea traditionally is, and because nerds love these things, every superhero in the comics has their power scene. Like, okay, this is how physically strong they are, mentally, psychically, whatever the stat cards we can create. These are based on their things, and it's how we create fun matchups, and it's how we, you know, invest in the characters is like, all right, I don't know how the hell fucking Daredevil is going to beat this dude. He beat up Thor last week. He's fighting outside his, you know, comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And that's because we have an understanding of, well, this is the most powerful Daredevil can be because he's an average human. And the problem, and this is, I, I say more recent comics. I know there's been examples in the past, but this is more where I come in. At some point, Tony Stark became a god and Batman became a god, and Captain America might have became a god, and they just kept... I don't know that happened with Captain America. I know it's happened with Batman and Iron Man in different situations. Green Lantern gets up there. Okay, but Green Uh, Lantern got to do that back in Blackest Night, and it was awesome in Blackest Night, so... Yeah, but we fall into what I call the Dragon Ball Z conundrum. Yes. It's like, these feats don't mean anything anymore because you have no relative power scaling for these characters. Yeah, they just do whatever the story needs them to do. That's power creep, specifically. Dragon Ball Z's big yes. problem is power creep. Especially because Dragon Ball Z... There's a concept in anime battle manga where you've kind of got two different types of battle manga. You've got the kind where it's more like watching a action movie, a, a straightforward one, where it's just, oh... They're just throwing punches and kicks. That's your Dragon Ball Z, right? And then you've got ones that are more like, you've got characters with very weird, different powers who are basically playing chess matches against each other. That's your JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and your your Naruto and stuff like that. So, And power creep is especially bad in that first kind of show. Yeah, and it kind of leaked into comics. And again, I recognize it's always been there, but it feels like recently... There's no caps. It's just whatever the story needs to do. My most recent example is we Moon Knight recently had a run called Age of Khonshu in which Khonshu combined with the Phoenix Force and became a galactic level threat. And I'm like, okay, hold on. No, stop. Just no, scale it way back. Khonshu was never meant to be that powerful. Moon Knight was never meant to be that powerful. Moon Knight should not be doing cosmic level things because that's outside of the established powers, however you get there, you know? You know, it's funny because right off the bat, their power caps serve a very important purpose, usually in your story, for telling you what is possible in the world. You, You can go outside of it, but it should be a rarity. My favorite example of this is in a show actually called My Hero Academia, where the most powerful hero in the world, by the end of like episode 12, we see him go all out. The main character's whole thing is that he gets the same power, he's just learning how to use it, as this character. So they're literally showing us, alright, here is what our main character is building up to. When he reaches this level, he'll have reached his capacity. So they're showing us the power ceiling. And outside of 
one very specific villain example, they kind they don't really breach that ceiling ever. So that's a good good usage for that. There are some heroes or fictional characters that can get away with not having a power ceiling at all. The most example Superman. Superman is that. You literally don't cap Superman. Superman's whole point is that he has no limits at all. Any limits on him are artificial, and that's a big point of what's going on with him. But he is, in a lot of ways, the exception that proves the rule. Other characters having limits are what makes him not having limits matter? Yeah. Well, Superman, and part of that is the double-edged sort of, it makes Superman kind of hard to write because you have to think about the problems Superman's going to face. Is if he can raw force his way through anything okay, well, now your stories become that much harder to write around because you have... Which is why the understand best... understand the narrative freedom that you've given yourself. Yeah. Which is why the best Superman writers don't have him just be in fights with people. They have him do things like, oh, there's a big natural disaster. How do I save everyone while stopping this and use my powers creatively? Those are the writers who understand how to use someone like that properly. <laughs> yeah, and this is primarily in the past been a dc thing more than marvel because the dc does demigods well pre-crisis dc was a lot more willy-nilly with what i mean the classic example given is that a pre-crisis superman sneezed a galaxy into oblivion yeah. which even on superman standards that's nonsense so yes but again they weren't they were more serialized stories they weren't interested in continuity or telling connected stories or even really having it matter week to week but the funny thing is it it created this idea and i was a victim to it for a long time too that dc's superheroes were like gods and marvel's characters were more human and while there is a grain of truth to that it's a lot more complicated and if you look at just yeah and if you look at feats for example marvel characters at least post dc crisis Marvel characters tend to have crazier feats. We mentioned earlier, Batman and Iron Man were not really the equivalent character. The equivalent character of Batman in Marvel is probably Black Panther, but besides the point. Both Iron Man and Batman have become gods. How'd they do it, though? Batman basically became a god because way, way in the future, he made a 10th metal suit that lets him essentially rewrite reality. But that only exists in, like, one offshoot comic. The final bat suit, which lets him take on you know, dark side and whatnot has major limitations and basically nearly kills him. Compare that to Iron Man who not in offshoot comic, just in like his standard continuity invented a suit that created an entire alternate dimension within it that he can then go in and manipulate as a, a literal God of that reality. And he can bring other people into it. So yeah, no, Marvel fell victim to two real bad habits. Primarily, I want to say starting 2015. One, and this started beforehand, it got into the banner events. It's kind of what they're called. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were constantly in a cycle of this is the big event happening in the Marvel Universe. So you need to buy all of these comics. And this is the big event happening. So you need to buy all of these comics. Civil, Civil War, War Secret Invasion, yeah. Dark Reign, Civil War Two, Avengers vs. X-Men, Excalibur. Which you can get away with that sometimes. Civil War One, I, I think, is still a great ev- I like Civil War One. I like a lot of the event comics that people now hate, but that's partially because that's when I got into comics. Yeah, I'll defend Civil War One still easily. Civil War Two is 
hard. Civil War Two is just no, get out of here with that. Yeah. Anyways, so that kind of became a thing of well, we needed bigger and bigger capstones to tie this up. And my great example of an event that I did not like the event, but I like this particular moment is in Fear itself when the dwarves turn over their armory to Tony Stark and he goes, ooh, magic, what can I make with this? And I'm like, cool, magical god armor should have been the cap. The other problem they fell into is they made being a genius even more of a superpower, and then they started throwing out geniuses into the universe, like every new character also had genius-level intellect, which meant they could break the laws of physics and conceive of impossible things. And it's like, okay, listen, what made Mr. Fantastic special was he was incredibly smart, but it made him a borderline sociopath. Which is why Mr. Fantastic, for those who don't know, is supposed to be canonically the smartest living thing in Marvel's universe, which is why he gets the Council of Reeds. Yeah, but now they've thrown in like, okay, well, Moon Girl and Riri Williams and... Amadeus Cho. I hate and... Amadeus Cho so much. Sorry. Anyone out there who's actually a fan of Amadeus Cho, I envy you because I wish I could find enjoyment in that character, but I just can't. Anyway. Basically, every kid that was smart or had technology became equivalently equal to Reed Richards. So then they could all start doing whatever. And it's like... Which is funny because really the only... There should only be like two characters who... Her whole thing is that we're just so smart, it's essentially magic. And that's Kang and Doctor Doom, really. Yes. So And Reed well, Richards and as well. But the it, Superman thing of, and how do you balance this? Reed Richards' thing is, he is so incredibly smart, but he also doesn't, he outthinks emotion. And he does really bad things because of it to his family, to his friends, to everyone. Yeah, he's an a-hole. He's a colossal a-hole. Yes. Uh, Hank Pym, same thing. Or if you look at the villains, Kang and Doctor Doom are both so smart that their technology is essentially magic, plus Doctor Doom has actual magic. Yeah, Doctor both... Doom gets around it by, like, I have magic, so... They're both so arrogant that that's usually what their downfall is, though. And that's kind of... Narratively, they unlocked the Superman effect, but they didn't bother to write in, okay, how do we balance this, or... Does this even work? Have we lost or made the character special? Because Batman was fun on the Justice League because it's like, he's just a dude that could die at any minute. But he's he's supposed to be the smartest one on the team so he can solve the problems that are not necessarily brute force problems. Well, he was also capable enough, and it's like, there was fun in that, you know? Like, well, he really could get taken down at any minute. And then that slowly crept into, but no, it's Batman, so he whips out the anti-plot device device. I think the moment he dodged Darkseid's Omega Beams was that moment for me. I was like, that's Oh yeah, a- that that was the one I saw him when like, you're fucking kidding me. I will say it's funny you bring up the whole genius thing because I love the fact that Peter Parker is listed as a high level genius and it never feels like that's used to break him. That's more just used to let him solve the problems presented to him by his villains. But he never breaks reality with his genius, you know? Yeah, and that's kind of the problem. And I mean, I'm trying to think if, like, any of... Well, Hulk kind of does it when he pulls a planet back together. That was kind of when I went like, oh, no, I don't don't know about that. And there are certain characters, I think, that are more okay with it. I'm fine with Thor 
getting away with most almost anything because well, you get a god little asterisk yeah thor is built from the ground up to be like oh he moved a universe spanning tree okay he's thor i buy that he has power to literally rewrite reality because of the odin force so all works for me doctor strange doctor fate magic yeah the super magic characters doctor strange could do anything and i'll buy it because it's doctor strange's Uh, entire mo zatanna swamp thing If magic's involved, you know what? You have narrative freedom to do whatever crazy bug nuts thing that you want as long as it progresses the story. Any Flash, Flashes can get away with it because they've made the Speed Force stupid. I I don't know about Flash. Like, they show their work, and I'm like, okay, you showed your work, but maybe it's because I'm just not a Flash fan. Yeah, I'm just saying that even if you're not a fan, they at least... They have, like, a penchant they can get away with. They've got their little They, they show like, their work. Yeah, I can get away with this because of this. The characters who it becomes a problem with, like you said, are ones that are... They seemingly have a defined power ceiling, and then they just ignore it completely. Wonder Woman sits on that fence real hard sometimes. Maybe. I mean, Wonder Woman was starts... developed to be a god killer, so... Yes, but when she starts seeing on like seeing on a molecular level and can split atoms, yeah, she shouldn't be able to do that. No, I'm like, um, that seems like outside what her thing is. <laughs> and I wonder if that's because writers fall into you know constant crisis. Like DC is equally guilty, maybe not as guilty of Marvel, but you know the constant big crisis, and then trying to justify well, why are these people on the team? And I don't know. I think it just it makes the characters boring. It's that's why I don't like Batman. It's like, listen, I feel like whatever situation the writers put Batman in, they're gonna get themselves out of because Batman. And so what a lot of people have the issues with Superman is they're like, Well, what can you do with Superman if he can't be hurt? And that leads to really bad Superman stories, which perpetuates the idea that Superman is interesting. Yeah, which again, that comes down to people thinking Superman should be like other superheroes when he really is not. He's kind of his own separate thing. But it's funny because literally as you were talking, all I could think is how much I love Batman Beyond and how Batman Beyond never fell into this problem despite having every opportunity to do so. Yeah, no. I mean, animated Batman gets his shit rocked on a regular basis. And I think that's the other problem. Like, Batman's villains are so popular, so they've kind of gotten brought up so they can go fight the Justice League which means that Batman has to kind of come along with them. Like, how much bigger has Killer Croc gotten over time? Has he? I'm surprised about that. I feel like Killer Croc has gone from just kind of a large dude to bordering on kaiju. Really? Huh. Like, eh, maybe. Who else is really bad in the Batman canon that's kind of gotten split over joker even kind of gets yeah but i've always liked the fact that they made it very clear that superman can't deal with joker because he won't kill joker and joker will take advantage of superman's particular moral code oh i don't mind that it's just when they made joker a machiavellian style villain i'm like yeah yeah that's more lex Luthor's thing joker's not machiavellian joker's supposed to be well you know what i'm gonna just stop that there so but you see what i mean of like you kind of see this power creep across the board and it's like this isn't fun anymore which is kind of why i didn't read age of Konshu. is like okay cosmic level events phoenix force this isn't why i like moon knight i'm out i'll come back when you reset here's what i want to say i think most characters 
that's the key word there, most, should have a defined power ceiling, and you should do your best to work within that 99% of the time. If you're going to break their power ceiling, it should be for something important. Like, I think Green Lantern actually works really well, because basically when he becomes the White Lantern Ring and punches God, that was the end of, like, a huge multi-arc thing with Blackest Night and Brightest Day. But, yeah, Batman, even though I will defend Batman more than I used to, is a good example of not being consistent with a power ceiling ever. And Iron Man is is pretty bad about it too. So yeah, and there. But I will say there are few characters that can definitely get away with having no power ceiling. Superman is one. Saitama and One Punch Man, whose def- definition is doing that, is one. Popeye is a cartoon character, but he fits in this as well. Like there are characters where this works, but for most of the time, you want to figure out what is the cap that I'm dealing with. Yeah, I mean, it's like Captain America's got a bit of a rubber band in you know how strong he is. But it's funny because they kind of lean back on he's actually just a really good fighter and that saves his ass more often than not. On paper, anyway, Captain America is supposed to be the absolute pinnacle of what a human body can be. That's what he is. He's not supposed to actually be superhuman. He's just pinnacle human. So Yeah, and they've kind of rubber-banded that, and that's fine. I like that. I don't think Cap's ever gotten broken. Yeah, like a lot so. of other characters are. But again, that kind of comes down to he gets to be the leader of the Avengers, not because he's the strongest, but because he's the good one. He's going to keep everybody in yeah. line. Actually, if you look at you know, the four standard Avengers, at least what are now because they're the four standard Avengers, he's the weakest of the four, but he's the one yes. who's a leader and a military well, guy. So he and knows. He, he has a sense of mortality. Yeah. Anyway, I'm Anyways. not sure what the real conclusion we come to other than... Like, again, we talked recently in our episode about canon and continuity about... I talked about tools, and anything like this is just a tool, and you want to use it appropriately. And this is a situation where you've got a tool that a lot of people just don't want to use at all, and they probably should. Yeah, <laughs> that that that's it. And I know people love Dragon Ball Z, but part of the reason I could never get into Dragon Ball Z is it felt like there were no stakes. It's like, well, Goku's just going to change his hair color and get more powerful. Yeah, and I actually used to be a huge fan of Dragon Ball Z, but I can't really stomach anything after Cell. Cell is when they got to the point where, like, okay, they've reached what feels like the pinnacle of power. And anything beyond this just feels like you're trying to tell me they're more powerful, but you're incapable of showing me. Because there's no there's no difference in what I'm seeing anymore. I mean, that's where DBZ Bridge stopped, so it works for me. Yeah. So that's why I think DBZ Bridge is, in some ways, a better watch. But that's a contentious thing. Anyone listening, I've tried Dragon Ball Super. You know what? If you like it, great. There are some parts of it I like, but for the most part, not for me. I'm not a fan of how Dragon Ball Z does its engagements. Anyway. <laughs> and all I'll say is Dragon Ball Z abridged is about the only Dragon Ball Z content I want to watch. All right. I So before we ramble on even further, I'll just say thank you all for listening. Be sure to like share subscribe do those things that i as a content creator have to ask you to do as cringy as it is it makes you feel cringy every time but it does actually have impact on a number of you know statistics and whatnot that control how well we can grow the show and whatnot so you know share it more people see it more it grows the more it grows the more we can do and if you're listening to us on your preferred podcast platform of choice thanks if we are not on your preferred podcast platform of choice. Let us know so that we can plug and play whatever we got to plug and play so that we can be there because convenience is key. 
Yeah, in fact, we actually have to leave one of our platforms right now because they're beginning to charge us, and we haven't heard from our fans that that's a particularly popular one, so, you know. But, as always, this has been Axel Wright. And the show, brother. Lord Commander Ulrich. Be sure to tune next time, and as always, stay honorable.